Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. In the studio today is myself, Russ Herman from Cloverdale United Reformed Church. Along with me is an, our regular co-host, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring Reformed. How are you this morning? We're doing good today. Yeah, good, good, yeah. good. We do not have Josh Bales in the studio. Um, We're missing him. He uh, actually scheduled something on top of this. Yes. He, so, as you said, we have to get him a, a day planner. But yeah. we would never out him for that. No, 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 no. We would not no. do that to us. I mean, we would not this say This is publicly. all taking place off air. Yes. We <laughs> right. would never say publicly that he was the one that established this time for us to be in the studio and then doesn't show up because he already had something that was scheduled. We would never say that publicly. I think that would be wrong to do. So we won't do that. But you can ask Josh about his inability to schedule. Um, but we do have in his place... And, um, yeah, maybe it will end up that the listener response will be so overwhelming that Josh won't come back. But we have Alan Burrow from King's Congregation. Good to have you here. Great to be here. Alan is actually one of the the founding members of what is called the Reformation Alliance, and it's a, a group of pastors here in the, in the Boise greater area um, who – believe strongly in trying to bring some of the the beauty and truth of uh, the Reformation back um, into the churches of today. And and so we host an annual conference called Reformation Boise um, Conference, and Alan is one of the the, the men that um, helped organize and form that that that's, group. And That's coming up. That is coming up October 21st and 22nd at um, Valley Shepherd um, Church and this year, the theme is the church, and we have two men, two churchmen, really, um, Derek Thomas and Joel Beakey, who will be speaking on the church. And uh, I'm super excited for the conference. It's a wonderful time of just fellowship with other believers in the Valley. Um, it's a wonderful time to sit under good, solid biblical teaching and have access to wonderful resources. So we would strongly encourage you to mark your calendars and, and uh and invite a friend um, to, to join. And the whole point, the reason why we came together to do this um, beyond our, congrega- our our denominational walls is to show the truth, God's kingdom, God's, God's word, his gospel, the church itself are all bigger yeah. than our denominations. Yeah. We come together because we stand together on all these reformational mm-hmm. truths, and so we want uh, to expose as many people's as possible. And also in our studio is Vinny Hinky from Valley Life Community Church. It's good to have you with us today. And do you want to just give a little plug for your church and tell them where you're at and your website? And Yeah, thanks, Russ. We're, so I'm at Valley Life Community Church in Meridian. Uh, if you know where the Ambrose Christian School is on the corner of Locust Grove and Chinden, our church sits directly right across the street uh, from them. I've been there since uh, 2019, came in after the planting pastor, served faithfully for 20 years and retired in 17. So they had a couple year vacancy and then by God's grace, uh, I was able to come in and just kind of help move the gospel back to center, community, mission, all those good things. So, Reformed Alliance, that's the name of the group. I'd heard another underground name, the Reformed Mafia. That was, oh. that was my introduction. Yes. So. Yes. I don't Refor- know if I guess. Reformation Alliance. Oh, Reformation yeah. Alliance, okay. The, the website, Reformation Alliance. Uh, uh, Reformation Bo- Boise. ReformationBoise.com. Reformation. And you can register for the conference there. I, I hate to admit this, but I believe both Jonathan and I have still not registered. 
That's that's true. Yes, yes. But we so. want you know the the first shall be last, the last shall be yep, first. Yep. We're gonna we're waiting to. Yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna ask you guys to do anything we haven't done ourselves. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We are been working through some questions from R.C. Sproul's books, Reason to Believe, and now that's a good question. And this question I really found fascinating as I was just kind of thumbing through the book, and and the question is this: How should I handle my own doubts? about God's existence and presence in my own life. So we've been talking about how do we engage others? How do we convince people about the existence of God? How do we um, engage in apologetics? How do we um, go about um, convincing those that have doubts that this is all true? But what happens when the tables are turned and, it, and it's me that has the doubts, um, that it's me that has the, the questions? Well, you know, I think, I think the Bible is full of saints who went before us, who at various points in their life, under the providence of God, God making them grow, stretching them, uh, puts them in situations where they wonder at different times, has God abandoned them? You know, um, does God hear them? Does God see them? Um, and so that is a, a common experience that we can go through as Christians because God wants to make us stand up to our full height as his sons and daughters to, to make us be all we can be, so to speak, even though we're never perfect in this life. But I think one of the things is go seek God where he may be found. Seek him where he says he may be found. That is in his word. You know, turn to the scriptures. A lot of times when we're kind of running on empty, it's kind of like being sick. You need to eat, but the last thing you feel like doing is eating. But mm-hmm. we have to do what's best for us. And a lot of times in those kind of situations, we don't feel like turning to the Bible, but we need to do we need to go where God may be found in his word, in prayer and with his people. Get around other Christians. You know, I mean, if you're struggling with something, share with other Christians who know you well, you know they're your friends. Let them know what you're going through and, and let them be there for you. Yeah, it reminds me what Grandma Hanky used to say, feed a fever and starve a cold. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if you've got a fever of doubt, uh, feed mm-hmm. it. Feed it the Word. Feed it community. Uh, feed it time in prayer. I think the, the Psalms are littered with places <coughs> where the psalmists cry out to God because he feels distant uh, and they're just full of wonderment on why he's there. And then if the doubt's caused by a struggle with sin, that's the time when you starve it. You, mm-hmm. you, you back away from it. You return. You repent. You return. You confess. You you get in front of God and, and ask for forgiveness. You get in front of another believer you, you trust and confess what you're wrestling mm-hmm. with and, and how that might, might have led to doubt because of this struggle. Yeah. I mean, the evil one will try to isolate you. Yep. He'll try to isolate mm-hmm. you from the Word, from other Christians, prayer. That's what he wants, and that's what you have to not cooperate in. You have to do the opposite. I think that oftentimes people will feed their doubts rather than doubt their doubts. And mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a point in which you begin to, you know, you, you recognize, as you say, this is this is the evil one is 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 trying to get a wedge issue here. I'm gonna I'm not gonna feed that doubt. I'm gonna doubt that doubt. I'm gonna I'm a I'm gonna. Meet Jesus again, as you've said. I'm going to read more um, uh, to study this. I'm going to pray. I'm going to meet with other believers. I think those are all important things that need to be done uh, for the believer that's beginning to doubt. Yeah, I think considering moments of providence in your own life, too. Mm-hmm. So just as you think about a 
God's activity in your own life? Maybe he feels distant right now, but Mm -hmm. can you recount stories and moments where God was absolutely present in the context of your life? And and these were, you know, like when the people went into the promised land, you know, they 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 built an altar, you know, they took stones from the river, built an altar so that they would remember what God had done for them. And that's a good uh, point for you. So, you know, sometimes we've We've seen God work remarkably in our life. Uh, answer to prayer, you know. Um, I I can remember a professor saying, "What do you do when you ask God to bless your meal and He ate your lunch?" <laughs> and, and there's a and, and you remember the times when He did have those blessings. You know, the, you go back and remember that. And there's definitely things about our own life that you can reflect on. There are things that you that you definitely have stopped doing because you love Jesus. And there's some things that you only do because you love Jesus, and you know that he's operative in your life. Um, and and uh, these dark times are often, um, as Vinny was pointing out, sometimes it's a result of sin. It's a, a drifting away from him. And we need to be careful uh, how far we're drifting. Um, you know, it's, we don't realize that the shoreline is going away from us. You know, we're, we're, and all of a sudden we find ourselves alone. And and when we when we need to turn to God in confession, you know, First John one nine, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just. He doesn't forgive us because we confessed so well. We did such a super job. We did the greatest confession that's ever been done. You don't confess your way to forgiveness. You simply you agree with God, and you acknowledge that it's wrong. It's the work of Christ that our forgiveness comes from. What do you do with the people that say, but isn't it hypocritical if I'm having these doubts and questions to read the Bible and sit under preaching when I'm not sure if it's real or not? It's not information. It's food. And so when we we get uh, in these kind of doubts, basically, we need to stop thinking so much, pick up the Word where God says, you know, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking so much and, and pick up the Word and start reading. I think of the, the father with the child of the, with the unclean spirit in Mark 9. He brings him to Jesus and says, if, if you can do anything, will you help me? And Jesus says, for the one who believes, anything is possible. And then the father cries out, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. And I think the one thing unbelievers don't do is they don't struggle with doubt. Uh, doubt is is a, is a fruit of our faith. It's a part of how we wrestle and grow and to be sanctified, how God calls us upward, mm-hmm. like you talked about, Alan. So I, I don't think it's hypocritical at all to mm-hmm. wrestle with doubt. I think it's Christian to wrestle with doubt. And it, and it's good. It's not only fine. It's good to confess the doubt you're struggling with to God himself. It's not like he doesn't know what we're thinking. He yeah. knows anyway. We're not telling him anything new. I mean, Jesus says, your father already knows everything before you ask. And then he says, therefore, pray. Right. We would think, well, that's a disincentive to prayer. Why do I need to pray if God knows everything? But the, the key is in the word father. We're his children. He knows. He wants to hear it from us. He wants to hear it from our lips because we are his children, his sons and daughters. He loves us. And so... You know, if you're struggling with doubts, look at the psalmist. Yeah. He'll say, why, why have you, you know, why have you gone away? The, the, the psalmist is not disrespectful, but he is very open and honest with what he's wrestling with. Yeah, brutally so. 
You're, you guys are talking about this vulnerability and openness. This seems very contrary to how most people approach life in the church. So that's where I think the hypocrisy comes in, is, is I think to deny your doubts or to deny the existence of doubt is actually where we're, we're acting hypocritical to say, to be internally wrestling with doubt while presenting a full facade of faith, I, I think is worse than, than to come and admit weakness. It's But it's won't not, I be shunned if I express these doubts and fears and, and questions? Well, the thing is, the, the Paul says that it's the saints who do the work of service. The, the pastors and the elders and whatever equip and build up the saints to do that. That's what we're meant to do. We're meant to turn to one another and to help one another. And in a true church, um, you know, the place to be a sinner is there. It's the only safe place. You have to be a pretender everywhere else, but but you stand next to someone who knows that they are a sinners and have been forgiven by God. I, you know, going back to you know things that we should do. Psalm one is a particularly good example uh, here. He's, it says, "Blessed is the man who not, doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked." Uh, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And I think that oftentimes, uh, where where do people run with their doubts when they're deconstructing? To the counsel of the wicked, the way of sinners, and the seat of scoffers. And that rather than uh, refocus in, uh, you know, because the Bible is filled with many infallible proofs of the of who God is and what He's done, um, and rather than contend with that, you you create all these little straw men from these scoffers and wicked people um, who really aren't looking for the answer that you're running from. I'd go from Psalm 1 to Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose sin is forgiven, whose transgression is covered, uh, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. To get back to hypocrisy. And that's written by David, who knew something about being forgiven for a serious sin. Well, you have been listening to the Gospel for Life. Thanks for joining us. We will see you tomorrow.